Hello and welcome to ACS Chemical Biology's podcast for November 2011. I'm Jay Suarez, Managing Editor for the Journal. Before we get started, I'd like to invite you to visit the new ACS Chemical Biology community site. I encourage you to sign up and contribute to our discussion board by December 1st for a chance to win an iPad 2. To sign up, please go to www.acscbcommunity.com. Moving on to the current issue of ACS Chemical Biology, we highlight 14 research papers and three review manuscripts. Larry Kiefer gives us a wonderful perspective on the application of diazenium diolates in the latest biomedical research. Barbara Imperiali's group provides an overview of traditional and emerging ways to study cell migration. And Rayo Lati highlights a protein domain that's recently implicated in several genetic diseases. Please check out these manuscripts on our website. We are now joined by David Sherman from the University of Michigan, author of a recent manuscript identifying a microbe that produces a natural product and key biosynthetic proteins involved in its production. Hi, David. Hi, how are you? Good. In your manuscript published in ACS Chemical Biology, you identify the microbe-producing natural product ET743. What's the commercial importance of this natural product? ET743 has been approved in Europe as an anti-cancer drug to treat soft tissue sarcoma. It's also been granted orphan drug status by the European Commission and the U.S. FDA for treatment of soft tissue sarcomas and ovarian cancer. So it is a clinical anti-cancer agent, and for that reason, it's quite an exciting molecule. Okay, so then what was the microbe, and how did you go about identifying this ET743? Well, this was a very interesting challenge because, as with many marine invertebrates, it often remains unclear what is actually producing the natural product. This is true of sponge metabolites, many tunicates, soft corals, many other marine-derived natural products that come from macroorganisms. We have suspected for a long time, and there's been some earlier work from Eric Schmidt's lab at Utah showing that cyanobacteria, in fact, are responsible for producing some natural products. But in the case of ET743, although it was suspected, it hadn't been possible to actually culture an organism from the tunicate that produced the drug molecule. So we decided to go ahead and employ a new strategy to access the biosynthetic gene cluster involved in production of the drug. Okay, so you did identify some of the biosynthetic components then. Could you tell us a little bit about it? So the idea was to use a metagenomic approach. And specifically, we weren't going to try to clone any DNA. We were simply going to isolate total metagenomic DNA, which means we isolated total DNA from the tunicate and all the resident microorganisms, the symbionts, any associated bacteria on and inside the animal itself was included in this metagenomic DNA sample. 
That sample was then submitted for next-generation sequencing, in our case, 454 titanium sequencing, in an effort to identify DNA sequences bearing what we suspected would be the ET743 biosynthetic gene cluster. And in doing that work, we were able to isolate 36 kilobase DNA fragment bearing what we believe is most, if not all, of that biosynthetic gene cluster. That's certainly a very interesting approach. So what would you say is your take-home message of your latest work? The take-home message is within many marine invertebrates are resident bacteria that contain individual genomes, and in those genomes may be many, many natural product biosynthetic gene clusters. Since most of those organisms are not culturable, a new way to access those gene clusters is to use high-throughput sequencing and bioinformatics to assemble those natural products, biosynthetic systems, that can then be transferred to culturable organisms. And those recombinant organisms then through heterologous expression can then provide us with new chemical diversity. The ET743 project that we've published is a model system showing that we can use these metaomic approaches to access biosynthetic gene clusters. Now we believe we can use this technology to discover de novo biosynthetic pathways that will enable us to isolate new natural products and to expand chemical diversity. That sounds great, and thanks for joining us today. Okay, thank you. Other research highlighted in our latest issue includes a paper by Chin Chao Wang's group which advances our understanding of pseudogenes. Colin Watts and Sander Van Kasteren offer a new therapeutic agent against proteolytic system-related diseases. Jeff Kelly and Evan Powers provide insight into increasing the stability and reliability of protein-based therapeutics. Brock Binkowski and co-workers deliver a powerful tool for studying a key cell signaling mediator. Daniel Romo provides a new way to functionalize natural products. Robert Sauer reports a new method to control protein degradation in bacteria. Elizabeth Winzeller and Peter Schultz offer a new anti-malarial lead compound. Additionally, Peter Schultz, in collaboration with Charles Cho, provides an exciting new vaccine strategy for prostate cancer. Sammy Meroa reports the identification of a new chemotherapeutic compound. Work from Bradley Moore's group clarifies the mechanism of bacterial resistance against an anti-cancer agent. Collaborative research from Ehud Gazit, Deborah Shalev, and Amadeo Kaflish provides valuable insight into treating Alzheimer's disease. Andrew Gullick offers a new set of lead compounds that could potentially be used in treating patients suffering from cystic fibrosis. And Esperanza Pinto and co-workers provide insight into carbohydrate modification and its connection with the functioning of the central nervous system. To learn more about our authors of the manuscripts in the current issue, please see the Introducing Our Authors section on the web. This month, we feature 13 young scientists, Priyamvada Acharya, Suparkarn Chamni, Shun Jia Chen, Yongzheng Dang, 
Joseph Davis, Anat Friedman Marom, Martin Graber, Andrew Kale, Case McNamara, Joshua Price, Chris Rath, Sander Van Kasteren, and Annelies von Bergen-Grinnell. Read the section and get a younger chemical biologist's perspective on their research. We continue to describe chem-bioglossary terms on the air. This month's key phrase is CBS domain, which is a protein domain named after a protein that has this domain in it, namely cystathionine beta synthase. CBS domains can play an important role in protein regulation and are known to bind adenine nucleotides. For more information on CBS domains, please refer to the review by Rejo Lati in the current issue of ACS Chemical Biology. That's it for this month's show. Join us again next month for more ACS Chemical Biology highlights and interviews with our authors. To learn more about the journal, please visit us at www.acschemicalbiology.org. Thanks to all of you for listening.